You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday morning. Now, let's turn to the next part of today's program. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about compassion and kindness to ourselves and how coaching with compassion can enhance relationships uh, and development at work. And to talk about this, I'm really delighted to be chatting once again with podcast host Selena Lee. She's also an author and also a career and executive coach, and she's the podcast host of Live Your Dream and also Best selling book of the same title. Welcome back on the program, Selena. It's great to speak to you today. Thank you so much for inviting me again, Noreen. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And we're also live on Facebook. I'd love for our listeners to join us there also. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Selena there. So I, I know you work with a, a number of different clients, a number of different women, and, and you often talk about the importance of empathy and compassion when it comes to coaching. Um, Perhaps let's start with uh, self-compassion and how that can help with women uh, in leadership. I know in the past you've been um, sharing your own journey and how you've had that critical self-voice also. And how did compassion help with your own journey, Selena? Yeah, I I think this is a struggle for a lot of us, including many women. Myself, (laughs) yep. (laughs) Yeah, and we often don't find it that hard to be compassionate towards others, but very hard to be compassionate towards ourselves. And oftentimes we speak to ourselves in ways that we would never even imagine speaking to others. And I think I learned this lesson the hard way. All my life, I've just been kind of motivating myself in in a very through a harsh voice. And even when I've achieved everything that I thought I was supposed to achieve, I was still very critical of myself. And then what I've learned is that it has become a habit. I became this person who can only motivate myself to do hard work, even when I'm super critical of myself. And then at the end of the day, then, you know, no matter what you achieve, you're never going to be happy because you're criticizing yourself the whole time. Right. So I think learning how to be compassionate um, towards ourselves um, is actually there's been a lot of science that backs this up, that it helps you to be more productive, helps you to have better relationships and in the end, have, helps you to be more successful. Yeah, and I know, Selena, you're um, also your parents are from from Korea as well, and and you're American and um, American Korean. I think we had this conversation off air before, and it also reminded me of a conversation I had with a friend who's um, Chinese and and speaks English to her children. And she once said to me that she can't actually parent her children in Cantonese in in Chinese because that voice that she uses is similar to the voice that her parents and perhaps her grandparents used on her and it's and she says it's automatically a more critic uh, sort of uh, yeah sort of criticizing a, a little bit more and that's not to say Asian parents are critical of their of their kids you know I think all, all races can be but I think it's also culturally speaking um, do you find that speaking with some of perhaps your your uh, Korean clients versus your your Western clients I mean what's your observation Oh, for sure. I definitely see this pattern. And thank you so much for bringing this up because it's such an interesting topic that I've actually observed. I have clients all over the world, many of them in the U.S., but also a lot in Asia, especially in Korea. And Korean parent, Korean clients actually talk about the struggle a lot more. I think there's cultural norms and parenting norms that have been kind of sort of accepted as normal. 
And I think our parents parented us in the same manner that, that they were parented. Parent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And historically, you know, Korean culture, Korean history, um, you know, there's it's been hard. There's a war and there was a lot of um, historically difficult things that happened, and, you know, in our history. And therefore, I think at that time, um, a lot of things were scarce. So just survival and, and being tough and being critical um, was perhaps what helped us to survive. So my mom would always say something like, um, you know, I my job is to tell you something that nobody else will tell you. And that's often not a very nice things. <laughs> and, and and she always says, you know, this is this is for you, right? And I think even though she means well, and a lot of other moms mean well, um, what happens and that I've actually observed, this is very interesting, um, because I hear a lot from my clients that what they've shared with me that they haven't shared with other people, is that for a very, very long time, they've internalized the voices of their parents as if their own. And when they're going through a really challenging time, instead of supporting themselves through this very kind voice, they're very harsh and critical of themselves um, with this mean voice. And I ask them, where do you think this voice comes from, your inner negative voice comes from? And they always say, oh my God, it's my mom's voice or it's my dad's voice. And Noreen, what's really shocking and sad is that some of my clients, their parents have passed away, but they still hold on to their parents' voice and criticize them for the rest of their life. So I think oftentimes we're not aware this is go going on. And oftentimes we're not aware this is actually hurting us rather than helping us. So I teach my clients these tools and techniques to help them really become aware of this voice, a harsh voice that is not self-compassionate and how to embrace a more kinder voice so that way they can learn to be more self-compassionate towards themselves. You're so right. And to just break that cycle. And, and you're right. You know, I think our parents did the best job that they, they, they knew how to do um, based on the way that they were parented. And, and yeah, times were different back then and times were perhaps a, a, a bit tougher. Now, what about compassionate towards your clients? A lot of times, maybe your clients will come to you with a problem. Um, and, and sometimes maybe that problem, how should I put it? Maybe, I mean, all problems problems can be quite big, but maybe that problem is not as big as they think it is. How do you compassionately, how do you say it to them in a kind way that actually it is a problem, but it doesn't have to be magnified. And it's so delicate because maybe they're consumed sure. by it um, and yeah. they think it's such a big problem. So how do yeah. you, yeah, how do you deal with people sort of compassionately when you're coaching yeah. them? That's such a great question. And something I learned in coaching is that um, even if there are much worse problems in the world, our problem that we struggle daily is real. and It's just as important for ourselves as it is other problems around the world. So um, so if you kind of flip it and think about, let's say you're going having a hot, you know tough day at work and your family member, whether it's your mom or spouse says like, that's not that big of a deal, you know? It's the uh, worst thing, yeah. Or you know that there are starving children in the world and there's a war going on, right? Well, how do you how do you think that you'd feel? Probably not good, right? Probably not feel supported, right? So you need to think about, okay, well, um, how would I feel if other people talk to me this way um, or say things like that? And then, and then that gives you a level of awareness or understanding that perhaps you need to be more kinder to other people. And I think there, are, it's, it's a fine balance and, and very delicate thing, but you need to acknowledge, um, okay, well, you know, 
it's very understandable what you're going through. What you're going through is very real and it's very, very challenging. And anybody going through that situation would feel that way that you feel, right? This is called acknowledging and validating, right? Just acknowledge what they're going through, make sure that they understand that they've heard you, and then to know that what you're going through is normal and how you're feeling is normal. What you're going through is challenging and how you're feeling is normal, right? And then you and then and then um, while it's understandable that this may be tough for you, you know, obsessing over this problem or thinking about it over and over again, ruminating and making it just consume your whole life, how is that helping you? Is that helping you to focus on other things that is important to you, caring for the loved ones that you care about, doing good, doing well in your job? Because that really helping, right? If they say, well, oh, it's not really helping, then you gotta, then you can, you know, you know, how, how would you feel if we talk about some strategies that where you could spend less time on it or put, shift your attention to something else? Mm -hmm. So this may be a way that you could talk to whether it's your, if you're a leader at an organization, you may want to support your, uh, people uh, through this way or even your family members as well yeah well let's talk about leadership you know why is it important for us to learn to be more empathetic leaders yeah oh, well i think it's this is this was actually a really interesting discovery that i've heard and that i learned right um people are not rational <laughs> people are emotional beings right and just by nature that's how we're wired right even if um um you know what from our perspective what they're going through may not be like i don't understand why she or he's making a big deal out of this problem or why they're reacting that way we all have our own way of experiencing the world and our childhood and you know everything that we've experienced informs the lens through which we see the world and how we um, feel about the people around us right um, and so therefore, how everybody responds to a situation or triggers is really different, right? So understanding that everyone's very different and understanding that everyone has different ways of emotionally responding to a challenging problem or situation can help you to become a better leader. And as a result of that, you're able to have more empathy. And when you're able to be more empathetic and be more compassionate towards ourselves and also towards others, then other people are more willing to open up to you and to listen to you. Um, if people, even if you're going, saying, you know, going through a similar challenging problem, if you feel like, oh yeah, this person gets me and this person really wants the best for me and is trying to help. If the person really understands that, they're willing to listen to you more. And if your people are listening to you, willing to listen to you more, then you have more influence and therefore you're able to become a better leader. Yeah. And how do you develop these skills? I mean, these skills, uh, some people may be very gifted, maybe born with naturally, you know, great social and emotional skills. But, you know, how can we learn? How can we develop these skills to be more empathetic as leaders? Yeah, I actually think the first step is to be more empathetic towards yourselves and to be more self-compassionate towards yourselves because our relationship with ourselves mirrors the relationship we have with other people. If you're kind to yourself and if you're feeling good about your life and if you're not really um, brutal to yourselves, even if you make a mistake, you're, you know, just understanding, then you're more likely towards uh, to be that way towards other people. Um, and, and the opposite is absolutely true. So an example that I talk often to my clients is that, you know, do you have any friends who kind of reach out to you when you're, um, 
when everything seems to be going well for you, right? Like, let's say you got a promotion or you have this like cool gig or something, right? You won an award. All of a sudden you have friends reaching out and like, you know, pretending that they're like best friends, but when you haven't heard them in like five, 10 years, right? And, but when you're going through a hard time, they're never, they're never around to support you or to help you, right? Well, do you like them? Probably not, right? I think chances are you are going to consider them to be fake friends and you don't really want to spend time with them, right? But I think there might be a chance that you're that way towards yourselves, right? You're only nice to yourself or proud of yourself when everything is going well and things are going the way that you had planned. But when you make a small mistake or things don't really turn out the way that you want, you're super critical and so mean and so harsh. And you just, you know, <laughs> you like say these harsh things to yourself, right? Well, then you're like that fake friend too, but you can run away from your fake friend and not being fr not be friends with them. But you have to be with yourself for 24 hours a day for the rest of your life. There's no running away from yourselves. Well, what kind of life would that be, right? Not a very fun life, right? So if you understand that, like your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you'll have in your life. And that reflects all the relationship you have with, the, with our other people. And I've learned that at the foundation of all success and happiness is how you talk to yourself, how you see yourself and the relationship you build with yourselves. So I think that's really, really understanding to be the real friend who will be there for you no matter what. Think about what kind of friend you would want, right? Be that friend to yourself. When you're going through the most difficult time, you know how you never forget those friends? Oh yeah, when I was like the rock bottom, she was there for me. You'll be there for them no matter what, right? You want to make sure that that's the kind of relationship you build with yourselves. And then that will reflect outwardly to all the relationship with other people as well. Selena, that is hands down one of the best analogies I've heard. And I love that, you know, you know, you don't want to be a fake friend to yourself. You want to be that genuine, loving friend. So that leaves me with the last point, you know, about acceptance. I'm sure there are lots of tools and, and, and techniques, but acceptance can sometimes be a bit tricky, um, especially ex acceptance for, for, for oneself. And you're right, we, we tolerate friends when we make exceptions for, for other people, but true acceptance for ourselves. How can that journey begin and, and you know, where has it taken you? What, what, what sorts of things can you share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, it's it's actually really been a tough journey for me as well, because I think as an Asian American myself, I have lived my life as if I I am my achievement, right? My sense of worth always came from a performance. And I think it's a really, really dangerous thing, which I'm sure a lot of my our listeners can can relate, right? And I think what I've learned was that I've achieved all these things that I thought I had wanted and that I that would make me feel like I finally made it. But they didn't because of this very critical voice, right? So I think it's really un important to understand that we're human. Humans are imperfect and life never turns out the way that you had planned it. I, I actually don't know for a single person where everything turned out exactly the way that, that you want. Right? And if it did, I'm not sure if they're truly happy either. Exactly, right? And for some people, many of the things that did plan out the way that they had want, but they are like, oh my God, but this is not, how come I don't feel any better, you know? So just understanding that we're going through this very tough journey called human life. And then to know that you're trying the best that you can with whatever you've got and to have this a bit of empathy and understanding and love and compassion towards 
all that you've done for yourselves. And another analogy that I think would be helpful if you, if it's okay for me to share is that if you imagine you have two different types of bosses, right? And one is super critical and always yells at you, like you could never get anything right. I can't even believe where we haven't fired you yet, you know, say nasty things like that. There's another boss that's like, hey, I know you made a mistake on this one project, but I know you are really trying your your best now. And I know based on how we work together, you you have more potential than you've shown me in your in our last project. What is is there anything I can do to support you to be better? Which boss would you want to work with? And who do you think you'll perform better with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you enjoy spending more time with, right? Of course, the 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 boss who's kind and 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 supportive, right? Well, then why do you think that for yourself it's going to be any different, right? You have to be the boss that you want to work for yourselves too, and then that could be a way to kind of think about: okay, am I being the boss that I want to work for? Am I being the kind friend or the fake friend? So these might be some tools for you to think about, and that I hope will help you. Selena, that's awesome, and I'm so glad you did your all those sharing with our listeners. And I look forward to our next conversation again. And that's Selena Lee, best-selling author and also career and executive coach, and also the host of the podcast series "Live Your Dreams." Thank you so much for your time today.